Merry Christmas, Parkview. Good to have you here. Homer, glad to have you here. Um, we're doing this series to try to help you to process through the emotions of Christmas. Um, probably because most of you feel something like Chippy the Parakeet. Chippy the parakeet never saw it coming. One second he was peacefully perched in his cage, and the next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. Problems began when Chippy's owner decided to clean the cage um, with a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Took the attachment off the end of the hose, stuck it in the cage, which she'd done many times before, but this time the phone rang. Uh, As she turned to answer the phone, she barely said hello when she heard the (laughs) sound, and Chippy had been sucked in. She gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum cleaner, opened up the bag, and there was Chippy, still alive, just stunned. Since the bird was covered in dust and soot, she did the normal thing that you would think to do with someone who is covered in dust and soot. She ran over to the bathroom and ran Chippy under the running water. Then she realized that Chippy was soaked and shivering, so she did whatever came next to her brain, which was to turn on the blow dryer and start blow drying Chippy with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, this woman's uh, friend came to her and said, well, how's Chippy doing? And the woman just said, well, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. The, the problem with Christmas is that's really the reality of it, isn't it? I mean, th- this is Christmas at Parkfield. We deal with the reality, and many of you are here, and you feel like chippy. Several years ago, we borrowed this idea from a couple of my pastor friends of taking the first weekend of December and acknowledging th- that there are heartaches and there are troubles at the most wonderful time of the year. We're going to do it every year from here on out. So I-, I want you to remember that. If you had a hard year, first weekend of December is always going to be for you. Because the reality is, it's not the most wonderful time of the year for many people, is it? And it's difficult because it it feels like it should be, but when you go back and you look at the very first Christmas, we understand that it was different than what we've glorified it into, okay? And I'm going to take a lot of time over the next few weeks to kind of unpack that a little bit, and that's really what Christmas Eve is going to be about. Take a whole other angle at the innkeeper that you've never even heard before. But, But this first Christmas was not a silent night either, you guys. There was nothing calm. There was nothing silent. First night with a baby... They're not silent and calm unless you're in the hospital and you send the baby to the nursery, right? <laughs> Ladies, I, 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 here's the deal. I, I've thought about this week and I look at Christmas as a multiplier, okay? You take your life times Christmas and that's what happens in December, okay? If you're good and your family is good, then Christmas really could be the most wonderful time of the year. But if it's not, then it could be the most horrible time of the year. Christians used to get mad about the abbreviation Xmas. I don't know if you ever remember that, you know, and people would be like, oh, don't take the Christ out of Christmas. Really what you don't understand is that X stood for the cross, and the early church used Xmas as, a, as an abbreviation for it, but it doesn't matter. Let me take Christmas for you into a new meaning, okay? This is it, all right? Xmas means everything is multiplied. So if you have loneliness times Christmas equals loneliness squared, okay? Joy times Christmas equals more joy, but grief times Christmas equals more grief. These candles up here on the stage are 
here because they represent people who've passed away in our congregation over the past year. Some of them are babies who never got to see the light of this world. Some of them are babies who did. Some are young people. Some are old people. Some died naturally. Some died tragically. And we wish all of them were still here. And Christmas makes this harder, especially for the family and the friends represented by each one of these candles. So this unwrapped series that we're doing is how can we unwrap the gifts that were supposed to be coming to us from God at Christmas, that the angels told us were going to be there at Christmas? How can I have, like for example today, peace if my pain is multiplied right now? How can I have joy next week? How can I have hope the next week? And just so you know, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, we do have an app uh, that we have an arrangement with for your Bible on, on, your, uh, on your smartphone. And if you want to text uh, devotions to 62953, that will get you into this Bible app. We'll get you all signed up and get you figured out how to do an Advent calendar and how to do some Advent devotions. Because we all need, I know it doesn't make any sense, but we need extra help getting through the holidays. That's the way that it is. And it's going to start on December. It was started on December 1st, but you can still jump in, do devotions to 62953. Here's my question for you. Do you believe this? The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Do you believe this? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God, the Lord, will say. He promises peace to his people and to his saints. Many of us don't really feel like that. We don't feel like God has dealt us a good hand, or maybe at least some years you don't feel like God has dealt you a good hand. No matter what the Bible says, it feels like God is mean. It feels a little bit like this. Have you seen these videos where parents give their kids bad presents? This is what it feels like. Some little kids are pretty resilient, right? I got mustard, you like mustard? No. But after a while, when life just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming, it starts to get hard. It starts to get hard to find peace. One of my favorite uh, Calvin and Hobbes cartoons is, uh, is Christmas time. Dear Santa, every year at this time, I send you what I want for Christmas. Every year, you callously ignore it and bring me practical things I don't want at all. What's the deal? Are you insane? Have you gone senile? Can you read? Or are you just a vindictive, twisted elf bent on destroying little kids' dreams? You might want to sleep on this one, Calvin says. I know, but it felt good to write it. <laughs> it's so crazy that the celebration of Christmas and the birth of the Prince of Peace comes at the most unpeaceful time of the year. Unless we understand what peace really is. Because you see, peace is not the absence of stress. It is really something very different. When the angels announced to the shepherds that the Prince of Peace was going to be born, it was not exactly a time of tranquility either. Rome ruled Palestine at this point with an iron fist, and the Jews were not at all happy about being under that oppression. And what of the lives of the main characters in the story? The wise men, right? We, we know they were rich, but does that, ever, does that really solve anything? Will they buy me a boat? Have you heard that country song? It's so stinking funny. He could buy me a truck to pull it. Yeah. He could buy me a Yeti 110 ice down with some silver bullets. Yeah, I know what 
they say money can't buy happiness, but even so, it could buy me a boat. <laughs> I, thank you. Thank you. I, I just, I told Dave Ramsey he needs to have that guy on his show. Don't you think? I mean, I mean that, that's the whole problem with America. You think the wise men, they've got all this money. They come in, right? And, and, and they've got money. Does that solve anything? The truth is, you guys, sometimes the least peaceful people on the planet are the richest people. Wise men were so desperate for peace on earth, they traveled for weeks, maybe months, to find peace on earth, right? Well, what about Mary? Mary is poor. It's not peaceful. She's a teenager. She's dealing with everyone thinking that she's been sleeping around. What about Joseph? He's still got his doubts, and he's marrying his fiance with everyone thinking that he jumped the gun, which was very taboo in those days. What about the shepherds on the night shift of the worst job that you could possibly have? And who knows what was going on at home? Maybe there was illness. Maybe there was loss in their lives. In any of these lives, we don't know all that, but what we know is that in the middle of this, a great company of angels appeared, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. They had to be asking the same question that you are. Is that possible? Let me just point out some areas that went on in the first Christmas that also go on for us and show you how this is possible. First of all, I believe that we can have peace in the middle of strained relationships. We've talked a lot about that around here lately, especially with the, with the politics and with things that are going on. Maybe you don't have a lot of peace this Christmas because you're at odds with someone that you should be close to. Guy's in a bar, he just says, hey everybody, I'm buying, it's my 50th wedding anniversary. Everybody cheered him on. Somebody said, well, what are you gonna do for your wife? He said, well, on her 25th anniversary, I, I took her to France. They said, wow, what are you going to do to top that? He said, I'm going to go get her. <laughs> Maybe it's like that in your life this Christmas. Maybe there's someone in your life that is in your life that you can't get away from in your life that you are not at peace with, someone that you don't want to be around. And you know, you have to at least go through some motions because it's the holidays, right? That's, that's how this whole thing works. And there's no peace because of that. And you know it's wrong, but you don't know how to fix it. Well, guess what? Christ can fix your strained and alienated relationships. When Joseph learned that Mary was about to have a baby, he was devastated. He decided to break off the engagement. Don't forget that part of the story. But an angel came, an angel came and said, Joseph, don't do it. Don't break it off. This is the truth. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So he stood by Mary, and in the birth of Jesus solidified their relationship, even though it all started really weird. And he will do the same thing for you if you will let him. Now, that other person might not listen to the voice of God, but that's not your deal. Again, we've talked about this. You can still be at peace yourself. It may mean swallowing your pride. It may mean asking for forgiveness. It may mean being big enough to forgive others the way that Christ has forgiven me without demanding retribution. It may mean confrontation or making restitution for something that you've done. I, I love all the random movies that became Christmas movies because they have Christmas in them, right? Right? Like Die Hard, 
That's a Christmas movie, right? Because, you know, it's Christmas time. Or Gremlins, you know, I mean, Home Alone. I mean, was it really a Christmas? It wasn't really one, but we call it a Christmas movie now. It's listed on the Christmas movies on your, on your Netflix because it, because it has that Christmas scene in them. And, and as I'm thinking about it, one of the things that, that always happens in those movies is that there's a strained family relationship, right? That's what happens every time. And in Home Alone, obviously, Macaulay Coughlin doesn't want his family around, and all of a sudden he realizes he needs his family around. He realizes how much he needs them. And then there's that random crazy guy that lives next to him, right, with the, with the snow shovel. And, he, and, and, and Macaulay Coughlin convinces him to become friends with his son and granddaughter again. And, you know, that just that silly movie with that awesome scene at the end where Everybody's reunited, and you look out the window, and you see there's that guy, and he's welcoming in his family, and they're having Christmas together. I know that for some of you, a journey back to a relationship is going to be a long one, but you will be amazed at how just starting that journey, just making that phone call, just going the extra mile with those strained relationships that you have will bring you an incredible amount of peace. Because he is the Prince of Peace and he promised you that. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And his favor rests on those who seek reconciliation. The Bible says as far as it is possible, live at peace with everyone. It's possible and he will give you the strength. The second thing is just our circumstances, right? Can we have peace in the middle of circumstances that are stressful? Uh, it's easy to let circumstances destroy our peace of mind. Again, just start thinking the rest of the Christmas movies, right? Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, Elf. All, all, there's always stress. There's always something going on. And here's the problem. All of us watch those movies and we laugh, but on the inside we're going, man, I can't wait for the Christmas season to be over. Right? I can't wait for December to be over because then everything is going to go back to normal. Raise your hand if that's ever happened. A couple of you, okay. Went back to normal in January. All the rest of us, there is no normal. And here's the deal. If you can't have peace this month, something's going to happen next month and life's going to happen next month. Again, think about the characters in the story. Think about Joseph. He's got this relationship with Mary whom he loves, but, he's, but she's pregnant by somebody else. doesn't matter whether he believes the story or not. She's pregnant by somebody else. And then he gets this new tax law, and he's got a, another bill to pay, and he's got several days' journey to go back to Bethlehem with pregnant Mary at his side. Then there's no room at the end. The reality is their life was more like a Steve Martin, John Candy film than we would care to admit, isn't it? Their life is more like Chevy Chase than we understand. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong with them. And then, shortly after this supposed silent night, holy night, I still love the song, but it wasn't that way. After this silent night, holy night, another one of those confounded angels appears to Joseph and tells him some more crazy news. Hey, guess what? There's a contract out on your baby's life. The king wants you dead and your baby dead, and you're going to have to go live in another country for probably another couple of years. Do we forget those parts of the Christmas story? Max Lucado wrote an imaginary prayer of Joseph. This isn't the way I planned it, God. Not at all. I imagine family, grandmothers, neighbors clustered outside the door, friends standing by my side. 
I imagine the house, my house, erupting with joy at the first cry of the infant. Slaps on the back, loud laughter, jubilation. That's how I thought it would be. It just doesn't seem right. What kind of husband am I? Did I miss something, God? This is not the way I wanted it to be. This is not the way I wanted my son. Oh, I did it again. Didn't I, Father? I I don't mean to do that. It's just that I forget he's not my son. He's yours. The child is yours. The plan is yours. The idea is yours. But forgive me for asking, is this how God enters the world? Max writes, maybe Joseph never prayed that prayer, but I'd be willing to bet that he did. And I bet you have too. Not outside a stable, but outside an emergency room or a courtroom or a cemetery. We've all asked the questions along the way. Why? When your circumstances are stressful and they don't make sense, you can only do what Joseph did. He didn't let his confusion disrupt his disobedience. He didn't let the circumstances rob him of his peace or joy in that moment. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests, and his favor rests on those who follow him regardless of the circumstances. And to the candles, I believe we can have peace in the middle of our agonizing grief. Speaking of stuff we usually leave out of the Christmas story, it's hard to explain to your kids this part of Matthew 2, isn't it? When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and mourning, great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Rachel was the wife of Jacob. She would have been considered the mother of this region. Ramah was the region where Bethlehem was. We don't know how wide of a circle that Herod drew, but it doesn't matter because Rachel refuses to be comforted because they are no more. And that may be exactly where you are today. Maybe for you this Christmas is a very difficult season because of an empty chair. And you hurt and you ache and you think, this isn't what Christmas is supposed to be. What I'm trying to tell you guys is that Christmas is not just for people who have this surface happiness going on because everything's going pretty well in their life. It actually should be more meaningful for those who hurt and grieve. Because the Bible says we don't grieve like those who have no hope. Brothers and sisters, Paul said, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Yes, we mourn, we weep, because we love. But we have hope because of Christmas. 
We believe that Christ was God in the flesh, that he came down to this earth to live among us, that he rose up and grew up to become a man, that he died on a cross for our sins. We believe that he paid the price for our sins on the grave, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, and that someday there will be a great reunion. That's why Christmas, it's possible to have peace in the midst of our grief. I was with one of our families this week. I had an adorable baby born last month, and it, with no warning, nothing on the ultrasound, it was born with just major complications. And there was no way he was going to make it very long. And all along, they were trying to help their other daughters deal with it and help them understand, um, you know, what was going on as much as they could, as much as they could grasp. And I love that they kept talking about home. They kept talking about home and what home might mean to little Connor isn't maybe necessarily going to be our home. Maybe it's going to be home with Jesus. And the day that he passed, a couple days ago, the five-year-old said, I think Connor's going home today. And the truth is, when they told me that, I was thinking, oh, I I wonder if she understood it all. And then it dawned on me, (laughs) oh, Maybe I don't understand it all. And I promised them I was going to send them this picture. Jean Carton is a beautiful artist, and she's done all these great pictures of Jesus. That's what I picture today for baby Connor. That's what I picture for all the two-year-old and under boys, that's the age of my grandson, that were killed by a crazy, psycho king because he couldn't deal with the fact that the Prince of Peace had been born and he didn't know what to do with it. The truth is, this is not home. We're all on our way home. We're just at different stages. So, Tim, tell me, how do I have peace in the middle of all of this? This is how. Probably you've seen this picture. This picture went viral in 1989, before there was internet, okay? Before Al Gore invented it, this went viral. It sold over one million prints worldwide in a few short months. It is amazing. It is not Photoshopped. It was taken in 1989 by Jean Gouchard, a French photographer. He was on his way in a helicopter to photograph something else, and he just happened to snap this picture. The the lighthouse is named Le Germont, and it's located in the Brittany region of France. And it's just this crazy picture of some guy in the middle of the storm in a lighthouse that's given so many people so much peace. Peace isn't silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Peace is, I know I'm okay, in spite of the loud night, hellish night, all is chaos, all is dark. How is that possible? Well, you got to be standing in the lighthouse. That's how it's possible. Just before he was arrested, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. If that's the kind of peace you're looking for, you're never going to find it at Christmas time. 
I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He said, I have told you these things so that in me, okay, in me, you may have peace. In me, if you're in the lighthouse, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And that's what we all understand today. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. In this world, this is what this is. This is all the trouble, all the trouble all around us. It's all trouble. This is how we feel sometimes at Christmas. You will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Make sure you rest in the Prince of Peace. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Did anyone who followed Christ have a perfect life? I mean, the people that Jesus is quoting this to are people, 11 out of 12 of them are going to die, martyrs' death for their faith. The other one was exiled on on an island all of his life and imprisoned all of his life. Is that peace? Do you call that peace? Yes, I do. Why? Here's why. Because peace is not about being in control. Peace is about knowing who's in control. That's how you can have it. As we close out, you're going to hear a, a song from American Idol finalist Danny Gokey. Many of you have probably heard this song. It was written um, as, as his way of finding peace after his wife, his first wife, his young wife, died of a heart problem. They hadn't been married very many years, and she passed away. Listen to the words and be encouraged to have peace in the middle of the storm. The old hymn says, Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Lord, be with us as we encounter Christmas. I want to pray for Mike and Jen, my friends. I want to pray for so many people who have lost loved ones even recently. I want to pray for everyone who is represented by one of these candles. I want to pray for everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice who has unpeaceful circumstances, unpeaceful relationships, maybe has grief in their life. And this Christmas season, they're just struggling. They're just struggling to get by, to wake up in the morning, to find anything to be happy about. Lord, will you come in and show us that you are the Prince of Peace? Lord, will you help us to stand in the lighthouse and know that in the middle of the storm, we're going to be okay. And let that bring us peace. It's in your name we pray. Amen.